Perfect. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everybody tuning in right now. This is Say More and with me today I have Neha Pantivari. Neha is a happiness coach. I mean, did we even know this existed until the recent decade maybe or the recent years? But nonetheless, this is definitely something that all of us have needed or we still need or we know somebody that does it. So join me in welcoming Neha to Say More today. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And thank you so much for the kind and warm welcome. Kim, I'm all yours at your disposal for the podcast today. Let's rock it. Well, thank you so much, Neha. So the most, um, I'm sure you've got this question before, but what drove you to decide to be a happiness coach? Awesome. So I'll, I'll tell you what, you know. I, after my professional education, after my MBA, I started out as a banker, all right? And uh, I worked in one of the retail, retail banking sections of one of the country's premier banks. And from there, I moved on to consulting. And I worked in one of the big fours in one of the major business verticals for many number of years. And then thereafter, I took a conscious and a long sabbatical. Why did I do that? I did that in order to figure out my own ikigai, in order to work on my own value system, you know, in order to grow my, uh, understand my own key strengths, honestly speaking, and grow my own core competency. Also in order to kind of work on my ecology in terms of what will work for me, what will not, given the nomadic lifestyle, which I have. I'm also a military wife, as you may be aware of. And... Uh, <laughs> And more importantly, Kim, and in fact, very importantly, I worked on aligning my mind, body, and spirit to the work that I do. I wanted my work to be my second nature. I did not want there to be a huge distance or a difference between who I am and what I do. And that drove me very, very organically into mentoring, into coaching, into training. And I found my niche in happiness coaching. And I found my niche in personal development, you know. So happiness coaching for me was a very, very well thought out decision. It was something which I had longed to do from a very long time, except that it wasn't a thing back then, you know. Like you said, it is something which has recently come up and it is still new in, the, in our country. In the right. West, probably things are still picking up and they are at a stable, uh, at a stable level. Right. But in our country, happiness coaching is still picking up. So uh, it was a well thought of decision and I wanted to do this for a long time. It wasn't a thing back then. The moment I came to know that there is a course in positive psychology, which I can dive right into and make it a viable career, I took the plunge. And believe you me, there hasn't been no looking back. I'm sure. I'm sure. Neha, from what you said, you know, there are a few things that stood out that I'd love to expand. I'd love your views to expand on it. One is you mentioned that it was already your second nature. I mean, it was already your nature. You didn't, 
de-aligning and that again is magic to my ears and that is music to my ears when you say our body mind and spirit must be aligned in the work that we do we shouldn't have to wear different uh, you know costumes to play somebody unless you're an actor and that's fine right but if you're changing your personality to be somebody then that is where there's a lot of dissonance that happens between your spirit and your body and your work and and maybe that leads to you know unhappiness at some level so when did you you know find that truth to say that my work should be an extension of exactly who i am was there a situation or you always knew it you know in your core i think uh, kim i always knew it in my core because ever since i was a teenager i was into astrology i was reading a lot of linda goodman i was also reading a lot of astrology i read palms i read uh, natal charts and i can do a whole lot of things you don't i mean if you meet me you don't need to go to an astrologer to kind of match your kundalis for wedding and all of that you know wow, so i was yeah so i have always been Let me into cause you there uh, all the listeners that are not from you know india matching kundalini is not kundalini sorry kundalis is matching your natal charts in india in in most of the the, the weddings where you know people are arranged to get marriage uh, families bring the the birth charts from right together and then there is a you know a priest or an astrologer somebody very well known to the family that matches the the natal charts and charts and says that okay here is the compatibility so that is what uh, neha is referring to go ahead <laughs> thank you so much for that so yes you know so that that bit of an occult was always there within me i always knew that it had to be at a very very deep psychological level and uh, when you talk about not wanting to go very further in that but when you talk about people wearing different masks with mm. respect to their public life with respect to their private life with respect to their uh, you know different social lives and all of that one of my core values is authenticity mm. it has mm. to come through in whatever i do in my life be it yeah. at workplace be it at you know my my own home terrain so to say it has to come through and i think those are the few things that drove me into happiness coaching and very importantly uh, this is something which i don't say very often kim but i was at the lower end of the happiness spectrum i mm. had uh, been in a phase of depression for over a couple of years because of ill health and i realized that if you know given the fact that i have a great family given the fact that um money is not an issue with me given the fact that there are doctors around me who will lift my spirits up and yet i was depressed yet i was unhappy yet i had lost that sense of hope and optimism you know and i regained it i regained it purely by working on my mindset and of course the medical science has to play a role in that as well my doctors i'm thankful to them that is again one of the greatest factors which kind of drove me into positive psychology and understanding well being understanding the human mental and physical wellness and becoming a happiness coach that was the moment when i kind of found my purpose you know that is what my purpose in life is that you know i love the fact to give it away right i love the fact that you've mentioned and and you'll be you wouldn't be surprised probably that most of our guests whoever has been the expert on our show everyone's had that down moment 
where yes. they found themselves, they found that moment and then moved into, you know, whoever amazing uh, path they've created of that. And, and for everybody listening, you know, let this be that reinforcement, that reminder that if you are in a low today, let Neha's story be a reminder to you that, you know what, somebody who was going through health issues or depression because of health issues, today is a happiness coach. So every low time is just the opportunity of probably, I mean, not probably, yes, the opportunity of the universe and God is presenting to you, say, take the time off and now rebuild who you really are. Right? Absolutely. So let me move on to, you know, asking you, um, of course, happiness itself, just the name happiness coach brings so much of joy to, uh, you know, it has this entire idea of bringing sure. joy. But do you realize that at some level, you know, uh, when you're reaching out to people, you're actually teaching them how to be happy. And guys who are listening, I'm doing quote unquote teaching, right? Uh, how difficult does it, you know, is it for people to understand that happiness is a choice? Great question there again, you know. So let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Happiness coaching is not so much about moving people towards happiness as much as it is about moving people from a place of unhappiness to a place of non-unhappiness. Do you see that tinge of difference? So that's what it is, you know. Happiness coaching is simply about... Um, creating that space for you wherein you can move away from happiness because happiness is the core nature of humanity okay now positive psychology claims and assumes that every individual is happy whole and complete second thing it assumes is repeat you know that repeat that guys listen to this this is a moment repeat that please every individual is happy, whole, and complete. Happiness and inner peace are core human values. It is a core human nature. We cannot be devoid of it for too long. We will relapse back into getting used to that particular situation and finding our happiness there. All right. Second thing it assumes is nothing or nobody in the world can bring you lasting happiness or permanent joy. And mm. while there is nothing in the world that brings you permanent happiness and lasting joy, it is our nature to be happy, whole, and complete. How deep is that, you know, Kim? So if you take I an example, <laughs> you know, if you take an example of a little child, when children are born, they're usually happy. The only reason they cry is because, I mean, they're looking for reasons to be unhappy. Their general nature, their basic nature is that of happiness. Now, what happens when you grow up in your life? As we grow older in our life, this equation changes, right? As this equation changes, we are looking for reasons to be happy because unhappiness and negativity tends to become our default state. So happiness coaching is simply about realigning this entire situation. And when I tell people that happiness is a choice, in fact, just a couple of days back, I was having a coaching conversation with a particular gentleman. And as I mentioned that happiness is a choice, back comes the reply. For you, it is very easy to say. You know, mm -hmm. that, was, that was the impulse that came. 
And I had to tell this particular person that happiness is a choice because you are able to choose. God has given you that free will. You are able to choose. You have to cultivate that positive brain within you. And once you try cultivating a positive brain within you, you will be able to look at happy things and kind of ignore the badness or ignore the negativity in your life. You know, it definitely is not. People listen to you. People know it for a fact that happiness is, is a choice, but convincing them that happiness is a choice because you get to decide between unhappiness and happiness is something that definitely takes time. And rightly so, Kim. I mean, mindset change requires expertise and practice. It cannot happen just because someone is saying something. And specifically right. with happiness, it has to be very, very experiential. You know? Amazing. You know, Neha, I, I love the fact when you said that you know, the, the first part of happiness coaching is not about running towards happiness, but is moving from a state of sadness, of, you know, loss of hope, all that low vibrational feelings and emotions that are very real and they're very difficult to deal with without support. So uh, when somebody is trying to move from that state into a state of non-sadness, not necessarily joy and happy, what would you suggest in your experience and expertise that, you know, there are a couple of things that they can do that, that will move them from sadness to not sad? All right. So I'll tell you what. So moving from sadness to not rather moving from negativity or sadness and moving towards something which is neutral, you know, from minus five to zero and then to plus five, right? So the first stoppage is zero. And then we take the step towards plus five, right? So the first thing that you need to do is, here is what I tell people every now and then, okay? You are sad because there is negativity and unhappiness which has become your default. And the reason that has become your default is because negativity is four to seven times more potent than positivity okay now happiness is a fleeting emotion it is a light emotion it comes and it goes but unhappiness and negativity are heavy emotions they tend to sit in your lap you yeah. have to push them you know you have to spank them and push them away that is the kind of effort which people need to make despite what they are feeling, okay? So first things first, happiness, unhappiness, and negativity are four to seven times more potent than positivity when spoken out loud, when discussed out and talked about. They tend to become, these emotions become 10 times more powerful. Which Let me is stop you there. Hold on. Sure. Let's let let, let's recap on that. Uh, one, negativity or you know negative emotions is a far much heavier emotion. So it sits on you, it sits on your aura, sits in your you know mind space much stronger, much longer than happiness, which is a light emotion. Which again, if somebody you know just goes in and tunes in and says, okay, I feel happy, your body automatically feels lighter. So that makes complete sense. Y you. And everybody listening in, you know, I think this is where you want to zoom in your ears. Um, Neha, take us to the part where you said that negativity becomes 10 times more stronger an emotion when spoken out loud. Absolutely. 
So negativity is generally four to seven times more potent than positivity. And when you spell it out loud, when you talk about it, it becomes 10 times more potent, which means it becomes 40 to 70 times more powerful and more dangerous than positivity or happiness. Okay. So it is more or less like a Velcro. It sticks to you. And happiness is like a Teflon, you know, it just leaves you, right? So this is what happens. Now, if you want to move your mental gears, it has to be done very, very gradually. You cannot do it in one shot, you know? So imagine, you know, going through a, a very crowded highway and the moment you hit the town, the crowded highway becomes even more crowded, right? So you can't move from a fifth gear to a second gear in one go. You need to actually come to neutral and then you need to go wherever you're going, correct? Beautiful. So similarly, similarly, you need to work on your unhappiness in a very, very gradual format by simply, sim few simple things that you can do is try not thinking negative, try not feeling negative, try not talking negative, okay? Be mindful of the kind of content that you're consuming in terms of what you're reading, in terms of, uh, you know, what, what you're listening to, what you're watching, Absolutely. what you're listening to, what you're reading, what you're watching about, the kind of people who are surrounding you, the kind of conversations which you are having, right? The more negative they are, the more unhappy you are going to become, okay? Second thing is there are two modes of our mind. One is a default mode. The other is what? Other is a uh, focus mode, all right? Now, we remain in the default mode, which is an autopilot mode for 50 to 80% of our day. This is an unhappy place to be. This is where you store your negative memories, your negative self-talk, your negative mental clutter, okay? And this is one reason why we remain unhappy half the day, half or rather more than half the day. Now, you know, the antidote to that is simply being mindful. The moment you start thinking that you're slipping into that mode, every one hour, snap out of it. Put an alarm in your phone and ask yourself, what am I doing and what am I thinking? Are the two in alignment? Or, in? or rather, which mode am I in? Am I in default or am I choosing my state of mind right now? Absolutely. You know, simply answering the question that, Whatever I'm doing and whatever I'm thinking, are they same or not? If they mm. are not same, simply bring yourself back. Okay. What will happen is this will help you to be at the moment. Now, happiness is the one of the very strong indicators of happiness is how much are you able to stay in the present? How much are you able to stay in that moment in here and now? The more you're able to stay in the moment, the more engaged you will be. The more engaged you are, the lesser that unhappy thoughts and negative thoughts will be able to attack you, right? So being mindful, not spelling negativity out loud, not discussing, not cribbing, not uh, complaining, not doing anything which is, uh, you know, which is negative and being mindful of the content which you're consuming. So these yeah. are three things that usually suggest people for them to kind of move to that neutral. And then, of course, you know, there are these happiness habits, which I suggest 
which have to do with meditation, which have to do with journaling, which have to do with uh, figuring it out what your emotional signature is like, which have to do with your key strength analysis, all those things. All those things come at a later stage, but right. first of all, is required is self-awareness. This is the first I step. I completely agree. You know, Neha, I want to ask you a question here. Now, uh, you've, you've very, very beautifully articulated, you know, how negativity gets completely magnified when, when we voice it out. Where does one draw the line where voicing out your negativity and you know creating the borderline when you see something really awful happening to you or being able to speak up and share with someone saying hey this I'm feeling this you know a lot of negativity this draining energy where is the invisible lines between all of these you know segments great question so I'm not asking you to curb your emotions inside Mm. I'm only asking you to avoid the repetitive nature for it to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. So you can talk about it once, but do not keep harping on that. Do not. And I think maybe as well, not just talk about it to any random person, but talk about it to the person that can help you or the person that you're resolving it to, not in the form of gossip, but in the form of, you know, Hey, I I need to clear something with you. And that's it. You give it a one-time chance. And then you say, this chapter is closed. Very, very good. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, any heavy emotion requires an analysis. It requires to be named. It requires to be dealt with right there and then. And it requires a certain environment to be let out to, right? Mm. It can be in the form of a person. It can be in the form of an activity like journaling. It can also be a reflective thinking for that matter. So all those things, I'm asking you to get rid of the emotion. But don't make it repetitive. People who crib, people who complain, people who gossip, people who are forever trying to, you know, after every two sentences, forever people are saying like, that's it, you know, this is what life is. And this is what it is. That negative flavor in their talk, right? Be very, very mindful of the words which you choose. Because ultimately your words affect your mindset absolutely i agree with you the power of words is you know every word spoken is is your subconscious is absorbing it as the rule book so you keep on saying and i've you know people who've listened to me have known this that words is your biggest uh indicator of literally the future you're creating for yourself because how you speak about yourself, how you uh, articulate your own experience, your own emotions, you know, something bad happens and you go like, oh, my life is all over. That is, again, you telling the universe and your subconscious that that experience should have killed me, cancel, cancel, <laughs> or rather saying that it was a challenge, but I learned from it and hey, I'm doing better now, you know, because then the word spoken out is also the word spoken in. So... Fantastic, uh, you know, tips, Neha. I'm going to be pulling out a lot of pointers from this and posting it. Uh, at I want to ask Kim, at that note, yeah. everyone, all of us have what is called as an internal script. Mm-hmm. You need to be referring to your internal script. The yes. moment it has words which can cause disruption, change the script. And for that, you need to cultivate mindfulness. For that, you need to work on your meditation practices. For that, you need to work on your gratitude and your journaling practices, you know. Absolutely. So that is that is pretty much how it goes. And I completely agree with you that all of that begins with awareness. 
you know, uh, this morning to share something very personal. Uh, my, my daughter has a little hamster and uh, I had just finished my morning routine and I was getting ready to go for an event and uh, my mother-in-law comes in and walks in and announces that the little baby has passed. And that very moment, I went on to a guilt trip saying that, oh my God, I didn't play with the pet. Oh my God, when was the last time I played with her? And I felt this heaviness, tightness around my, my chest. And just because, you know, you know, I'm a meditation teacher and I practice meditation. I felt that energy tightness and I was like, okay, process it, release it, go and do what I have to do. But very often because of the lack of awareness, because of the lack of what is the light state that we can be at, we don't realize and we pile up all those emotions, 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 till I don't know, your body manifested into a pain, into a illness. And then, you know, somebody does the therapy with us and says, okay, here's the point. So thank you for reinforcing that everything does begin with awareness and awareness begins with meditation, my favorite. Uh, let me ask you, what are your favorite practices? You've spoken about journaling. You spoke about something about emotional signature. What are your favorite practices as a person? So uh, meditation is something which I try, but honestly, I'm not very good with it. Uh, I love journaling. That is something which I have stuck to from almost uh, many years for that matter. And journaling is not something which I do first thing in the morning. It is something which I do once in a day, according to when I feel like writing, you know, something on my book. And I properly, you know, I take my pen and a paper and I start writing it nice and proper. And it always begins with my dear Neha. You know, I talk to my own self. And that is how I start with my journaling practices. So journaling is something which gives me immense clarity. And journaling is also something which has taught me that the problems in your lives, that every problem in your life has a solution to it. If it Absolutely. doesn't have a solution, it is not a problem. It is a situation. You oh. deal with it as and when it comes up, not before that, not after that. That is something which journaling has taught me over the years, you know, because given the fact that I, I used to have a huge anxiety issue, I used to have a huge issue with overthinking and being overwhelmed. Journaling has been that one antidote which has, uh, which has brought so much of clarity in my life now that I can actually, you know, at any point in my time, I can cut, cut. Even if I'm sitting in an airport, I simply take my phone and I start journaling. So I have become a pro at that now. And that is my go-to thing the moment I'm overwhelmed. I think that's a beautiful practice. You know, thanks for sharing. And it is like you, you know, for me, uh, journaling, I, I do two different types. One is a creation journaling where I'm creating my reality. And the other one is the releasing, the clarity gaining one, you know, talking about it. And, and uh, I have an experience, uh, Neha, when I think almost a year back, my energy, I knew I was in this particular collaboration that my energy felt that, no, I need to get out of it. And it's funny because I had manifested it as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, the relationship on the face of it was very beautiful, very lovely uh, conversations when I, I still love these people a lot. But my energy, every time I would meet them or do some work would say, leave, leave, leave. I'm very auditory. So I would keep hearing this message. 
and i was like what's happening you know so i found my answer in journaling so i started writing and i said okay i know the answer but i want to know for sure what i'm thinking so i started writing writing and oh my god in that journaling session my mind my subconscious my higher self gave me 15 20 reasons of why i needed to step out of this particular collaboration and that Absolutely. is so powerful resonate with you i can totally resonate with you because a moment it is a time for a tough decision journaling Correct. is my go to tool for that i mean it brings out the way it connects you to your higher self i think is yes. immaculate you know it can never get you wrong and Absolutely. i mean journaling, i i usually have two three parts to my journal first is of course you know what i'm the, the thing which i'm thinking the most about i talk about that and i always end it with a gratitude journal always mm. a paragraph to something which happened which happened really well in my life or for that matter on in that particular day because i like to leave things at a positive note you know so yeah, journaling so maybe i follow the same thing and that is mm. what happens so i absolutely can resonate with you that's a great share really thanks thank you so for everybody listening and you know this is our um, reinforcement that journaling is yes not only about releasing stress but sometimes when things look great but you're not feeling yes. good about it yes. journaling can be that go to option that you know puts aside all the confusion and lays it out for you right over there to guide you through your decisions right now moving to the next and the last thing that i want to understand before i let you go today is what is the biggest joy that you receive when a shift happens i mean the 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 answer is the question but uh, you know what i'd like to know is how do you feel that you know oh my god i've i've shifted this person's reality you know I've, this person has realized what i'm what path i'm asking them to walk on would you like to share anything of that absolutely absolutely so i think one of the biggest joys i mean the way i feel more connected with god you know when people have received uh, what they are looking for from me when i have been able to be a provider for that i think that is god talking through me so i feel even more closer to my higher self i feel even more closer to that yeah you know that that ultimate higher self that ultimate universal power which kind of empowers me to be my best mm-hmm. and and that union that sense of the feeling of that union is beyond bliss uh, kim yeah. let me tell you that it is beyond bliss for me and that is what i long for you know with the work that i do so that is the whole and i think whole... that that is where you know you realize that you are doing what your soul purpose was meant to do absolutely bang on you know? dream but that that's when you realize that this is why i came and i was born in a physical body to do just this you know so kim so true in fact you know to answer the question which you had asked me the first question why did i choose to become a happiness coach i think that is what my purpose in life was for that mm-hmm. is something i resonate so closely with and i think that is what my purpose in life was for you know one was of course training the other was being a happiness coach training to the youngsters and mm-hmm. spreading joy clarity and that sense of uh, hope and optimism to people that even if you have bad genes even if yeah. you're not born with happy genes you still have a chance at happiness oh, you know 
you have so, the toys yeah. and the toys wonderful wonderful well neha thank you so much for such amazing nuggets of wisdom experience bringing your higher self into this conversation as you know it's called say more what do you think people need to say more about people need to say more about their blessings than their problems people need mm. to talk a lot more about what they are blessed with what they are grateful for than what they don't have in their life or what is lacking in their life oh wonderful what an amazing amazing sentence well neha pantsewari thank you so much for joining semor for everybody listening where can they find you are there any courses consultations where can they book you in because again the student chooses the teacher so if people have you know connected with you here where can they follow you reach out to you please share your details so uh, my website is called www.yoursuccessstory.org they can simply drop me a message there they can also connect with me through linkedin and uh, then there and i have my instagram page your success story with neha so you can connect me as and when you feel like in either of these three platforms instagram linkedin website fantastic i will put those details in the show notes so anyone and everyone that needs to reach out to neha you know exactly where to find her well once again neha thank you so much for joining me today it has been such a wonderful 30 40 minutes i'm not kept time but it's been such a wonderful conversation so much to take away so much of clarity in terms of you know the the emotions the the weight of the emotions the choices that we make and how you actually choose happiness and say more about your blessings i think that is like right on the top <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much kim it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor being on your on your talk and uh, grateful to you for that and all the best to everyone who's listening say more and say it with happiness awesome until the next time stay tuned follow us and share this to inspire and be happy bye for now